<laughs> for a while? No. <laughs> God's good, right? All the time. God is good. Not one person knew. Thank you. No, that's... that's <laughs> uh, somebody's trying to get a hold of me. Just hang in there for... Nope. We're good. All right. Um, so... Uh, growing up, how many, how many uh, here have ever been, maybe still are, or grew up <laughs> Roman Catholic? Yeah, so today's the Ash Wednesday. Just you and I, Diane, that's all right. Uh, you did, you came to church. Uh, <laughs> you came, Janie would refuse to kneel on the kneelers. She wanted to, she wanted to sit, and so I couldn't take her too often because it was just... It was messing me up. <laughs> so she was so rebellious. And uh, uh, the start of Lent, and now although we don't follow the Roman Catholic tradition, uh, there were 46 days from Eastern. So that's important to know. Plus, I respect our, our friends and, and Catholicism on how they, they try to give up something for Lent, you know. And so I was going to put a, just a, a challenge out to people today. Hey, try to give up something for the next 40 days or so. That's between you and God. I don't want to mandate it. We did a 21-day fast uh, in January. But I, in looking through scriptures, because the Lenten season is kind of a, a season of mourning or sorrow. It's the, it's the time before, uh, before the resurrection, the death, burial, and resurrection. I want to look and find some places in Scripture where we can just kind of see Jesus' frame of mind. And three times, oh, wait a second. It, yeah, Kurt, guys, can we, if you didn't get a worship guide, you need one tonight because there's going to be a lot of notes that you'll want to take. So raise your hand. And everybody here that wants one, uh, and grab a pen in front. Yeah, we, you need a worship guide tonight. We're also going to podcast this uh, so that people can re-listen to it if they want to. I, I feel like this is a real breakthrough sermon. And so uh, the, the guys are going to podcast it back there, and then we'll replay it. If you don't know our podcast, you can go to the Grace app, hit the More button. It'll take you to the podcast page, and you can listen. This will be uploaded in the next day or so. Uh, you want to write some of this stuff down. I feel like it would be a true breakthrough. Jesus, so in, in the preceding 40 days before uh, Christ's resurrection, Jesus cried three times. The only times in Scripture that is recorded that he actually cried, physically cried, show emotion. So there's, there's kind of something there, and that's what I want to talk about tonight. But the something there is really kind of a cool breakthrough. And uh, the scriptures in Psalms 84, we'll get to in a second, talks about the Valley of Baca. And uh, it's a location that's unknown, although they believe it was south of Jerusalem. Uh, the scriptures, historians, theologians are unclear where it was. But the Bible talks about this Valley of Baca. We're going to we're going to kind of dig into that valley tonight, and we're going to go into some of the places where Jesus wept to kind of figure out how the two can match. And so let's go to Psalm 84. I think we're going to read 5 through 7. Uh, you can write them down if you want because you might want to go back and study them. Happy, and this is the same word happy that means blessed. So you can write blessed on your card. Blessed are the people whose strength is in you, capital Y, talking about God the Father, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. Again, we're pilgrims passing through. You know that. Don't get too physically attached to anything here on this earth because you're just a pilgrim passing through. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a source of spring water. Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. 
They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion. If you want to write Zion down, you can write a place called Beth, because that's what Zion means. So Baca, go back to the verse number six for a second, if you will, uh, Jason. As they pass through the valley of Baca, Baca means weeping. So if you're, again, if you're taking notes, you want to write that down. They passed through a valley that was called weeping. Again, Jesus cried three times right before his death, burial, and resurrection. And so there's a, I think there's a pattern there. There might be some signs or some symbolisms, this valley of weeping that sometimes we have to pass through in order to get to where uh, God wants us to go, okay? And then to that place called Beth. And so we all have a journey that we're on. And this psalm talks about a pilgrimage. Same, same word could be journey. We're blessed if we're on this journey. We're blessed if we're on the pilgrimage. However, through that pilgrimage, we go through a valley of weeping or a valley uh, called Baca. In that, then, we hope to end up in Zion, a place called Beth. This is our journey tonight that we're going to take together. And so what we would call it in, in spiritual realms is a divine shift. And I think we have a little bit of a definition of what a divine shift. A divine shift is when you move from chronos to kairos. Chronos season to Kairos season. Chronos is chronological order. In other words, uh, winter, spring, summer, fall, okay? Uh, morning time, night time, uh, the different seasons, uh, the different eras. Uh, maybe someone's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, so on, so forth, to Kairos. Kairos is a season or a window of opportunity. So the Valley of Baca shows us scripturally, and this is what I hope to define for you tonight, is how a divine shift can take place if we walk through our valley of weeping, our valley of Bacchus, the right and proper way. There's, when Jesus wept, he wept three specific certain times, and they represent or symbolize different seasons of our life or different seasons of his ministry that gets us to that Zion, the place that's called best. The first time Jesus wept is John 11 and 35, okay? And, and it's the shortest verse in the, the Bible. And so if you want to memorize one verse, just memorize John 11:35. Jesus wept. Everybody say it with me. Jesus wept. All right, close your eyes. Don't look at the screen. What's it say? Wow, look at there. We, we, we just trained 70 people or so, or 50 people, evangelistically speaking. 38 people, I don't know, uh, on uh, uh, how to, scripture memorization. Jesus wept. Now, you'll know this story as I dig into it. But this is the time where Lazarus has passed away, Mary and Martha's brother. And Jesus is with his disciples, and uh, Mary and Martha send somebody to him and say, hey, our brother Lazarus is dead. You need to come. He's your friend. And Jesus intentionally holds back, and the disciples don't totally get it. The disciples are like, hey, are we going to go? And Jesus says, no, he's, he's just asleep. And so then later on, Jesus says, we should probably go. And the disciples say, well, wait, isn't he just sleeping? And Jesus says, wait a second, no, he's actually dead. I said he was asleep, 
but he's actually dead, and he's, he's dead so that I can be glorified by my Father in heaven. We're going to go raise him from the dead. And Thomas is like, hey, if you die, we're going to die. Thomas always spoke out of turn because then he was a, a, the, the doubting guy at the end. But Thomas has three or four really specific conversations with Jesus during this 40 days that we won't get into. So this is about two and a half weeks out of the Passover, okay? And so they go then to Mary and Martha, and Martha comes up to Jesus first and says, Lord, if you would have been here, you know the story, my brother wouldn't have died. And they have this whole conversation, this dialogue about, well, he's a, he's the living water, he, he's gonna, nobody will thirst again. And Martha's like, yeah, but I know he's going to raise again in the other side, but it's not happening right now. This is Kronos moment. The Kronos moment is we just take things as they come. We're not proactive, we're reactive. A Kronos moment is like tomorrow morning you're going to wake up, maybe you're going to go to your job, maybe someone's still going to be struggling in certain areas, maybe someone's going to have relationship problems or financial problems. It's just a Kronos moment. It's like, God, how can I break this? And Martha's going through a Kronos moment right here because her brother's dead and she knows Jesus could have healed him rather than knowing that Jesus can heal him. And there's a difference there because our faith here becomes conditional upon how we believe, not exactly what Jesus will do. And so then Mary runs up, same exact conversation as Martha. Jesus, if you'd have been here, our brother would not have died. And immediately after that, the Bible says Jesus wept. Now, why did he weep? Did he weep because he was sorrowful and showing emotion, which I think that's probably one of the reasons Jesus showed emotion. Two, did he weep because his friend Lazarus had died? I think that's probably true. Three, I think the real reason Jesus wept was because of their lack of faith. I think they didn't show the amount of faith that they have. And I wonder if sometimes in the chrono season of our life, Jesus is still weeping over us because we show a tremendous lack of faith in any given area. And I will tell you this, now if you want a divine shift in your life from Kronos to Kairos. Now, so a Kairos moment is a window of opportunity that for no apparent reason, God just opens this window and blessings comes upon you or wisdom comes upon you or supernatural favor comes upon you. And I believe that happens when we exercise our faith. When we have a faith moment, it's like, okay, and, I, and I'll give you an example. You've heard our story. Uh, Janie was pregnant with our second daughter, uh, Jessica. She was basically immovable in the womb. They couldn't find a heartbeat, none of these things. And, just, and Janie was about seven months along or so, hadn't grown at all. The baby went to the different doctors and specialists or whatever, and they said, well, you have a couple choices. We can take the baby. Baby can be stillborn. And right away, see now, chronos moments, chronos moments would be, okay, let's just do the best we can. Kairos moments, activated by faith, let me teach you something, because you can cause a window of opportunity to open your life. If you just take it, if you stand by faith and say, no, that's not how it's going to be, and that's what Janie told the doctor, no, we're going to go to church, we're going to pray, and you could say, as most medical people do, that's false faith. That's not going to happen. I don't know, because I've seen it done the other way, where a Kronos moment turns into a Kairos moment. 
And the rest is history. Jessica was born four weeks early. And that was the only thing they were right on. Uh, Two-time, two-sport All-American in college and two different sports. Business, uh, 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 business student of the year. Uh, just an amazing, amazing testimony that God did in her life when they said that she would be premature. She would have very, very many mental and physical deficiencies. And we might as well just go ahead and take the baby now because she's not going to be worth it. Kronos says, okay, we tried. Cairo says, not by by my might, not by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. That's a kairos moment. So I believe, church, when Jesus wept, he wept because they did not exercise their kairos faith that they could have. They exercised a chronos moment. The chronos moment was, well, Lord, if you would have been here. And how many times have we said that in our life? Man, if God would have just showed up. No, maybe if we would have just asked God to show up. Maybe if we would have just said, hey, God, we know you're here, because Jesus said in Matthew 18, where two or three shall gather together in his name, there will he be in the middle of them. So he's here, right? And how many would say, I need a Kairos moment in my life, Pastor? Yeah, I need a Kairos. Okay. Uh, what I'm saying is, put, Kronos is okay. Tomorrow morning, you're going to get up. But tomorrow morning, make it a different day. Tomorrow morning, say, okay, Jesus, with you, all things are possible. I have a little thing in my my closet where I get dressed every morning, and it says that I got it from Greg Dye years ago for Christmas. With God, all things are possible. I see it. I read it every day. It's my Kairos faith moment. It's not religious. It's not repetition. It's I look at that, I read it, and say, okay, Jesus, let's go get him today. You have to have a Kairos faith moment. See, because Kronos will kill you. Kronos is good. But Kronos will kill you. Kronos is like, I'm just going to take it however it comes. And if that's what comes my way, that's what comes my way. You do not have to take that in the kingdom of God as a Christ follower. Amen. You do not have to take that. You simply, though, have to say, this is Kronos. Okay, Lazarus is dead. But Kairos says, Lazarus, come forth. Come up out of that grave. We got a party going on up here. Okay? All right, number two then, the second time Jesus wept was over Jerusalem. And so the scripture says, as he approached and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, if you knew this day what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. Luke 19, 41 and 42, you might want to write that down because he wept over Jerusalem. So, but the key verse here is 41 and 42. It's an amazing verse because what the theologians tell us this verse really means and what some translations actually say is you guys missed an opportunity to know me that's kairos that's the word kairos a missed opportunity it can be a made opportunity that's the good part but the negative part the bad part is a missed opportunity you missed an opportunity and this is what my prayer is and why we're having a, a sermon series on Sunday of encountering life and going to try to go to every home or at least 5,000 homes over the next uh, five or six weeks. So if 200 of us take 20 flyers and go to 20 different homes, that's 4,000 homes. And we've already got 1,000 homes. That's 5,000 homes between now and Easter. I don't want to miss an opportunity. To spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I know it sounds like work. And this is why Jesus, I think, wept. He had seen that the Israelites had an opportunity to receive him as the son of God. But they turned their backs on him. 
The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they judged them. The Romans, they didn't want anything to do with them. The religious people of the day, they said, you can't be the Christ. You're the son of a carpenter. And sometimes we sit in our, our chairs or we sit in our churches or we sit in our homes and we say, man, God, I want revival. And God's saying, go get it. Don't pass on the opportunity. Don't miss the moment. And Jesus wept over Jerusalem, one, because he cared for the people of Jerusalem. And I'm going to ask you over the next 46 days, would you weep or at least pray for the community of which you live in? Whatever that community's name is, would you pray over that community? Lord, would you send laborers into the workforce? Would you send people out to, to help us, Lord? Would you, would you come and help us? Would you inspire us to go into the workforce? He cried because there was an opportunity for people to know him, and they chose not to. And I wonder if, if maybe that could be the case even in our life today. Is, is the Lord giving us an opportunity to go share the gospel with people? He's given us the right means. He's given us the right way. He's given us the right strategy. He's given us a, a modern convenience to follow and to track. And yet if we don't do it, whose fault is it? It's not God's. It's not any organization. It's not even the church. It's our fault, Right? And we only have one person. I went to, a, Janie and I went to a, a conference years ago, about 2003 or 2004 in Colorado. And we heard a, a missionary speak, a wonderful message on, on the, these eras in the church world that there's an open door, a kairos moment. A, he didn't say kairos, but I would equate it to a, a kairos moment. That if, if this kairos moment would take place, and he said, he, he tracked all the way back to really uh, the death of Christ. And he, he said, he gave these different year patterns, and then he said, here was a 40-year window where, where the gospel could be preached. Here was a 40-year window. And this missionary, a brainiac, a brilliant guy, he said, I believe we're walking into a 40-year window where the gospel can be preached, where if the gospel is preached in such a way, Jesus could come back. And if he doesn't, we may miss it for another 300 years. Now, I don't know if he's accurate. Based on his data, based on his technology, based on his statistics, it made sense. But what I'm saying is, I don't want Jesus weeping over Grace Church because we blew an opportunity to do something for the kingdom. And this word opportunity is kairos. This is the word that some of the translations use, that they missed an opportunity to see the king. Galatians, the sixth chapter, verses 9 and 10, I think we have them. So we must not get tired of doing what is good. Ah, oh, pastor, I used to pass out tracts in the 80, and I invited all my neighbors, and you know, they don't, they, they don't want anything to do with Jesus. I've told you the story before, Doug. Doug was our neighbor in uh, Missouri. We had a little cabin down there, and he was like Mr. Wilson, you know, the tool time guy? Honestly, you could only see his eyes. And Janie would fix every meal she would fix. She would fix an extra plate for Doug. We went down there as just a getaway, kind of a hideaway once a month. And I didn't want to talk to anybody. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not want to talk to anybody. Janie said, go take this to Doug. I said, I don't want to take this to Doug. Doug's weird. Doug, Doug is weird, man. Doug, like, Doug doesn't open the door. Say, hey, Doug, here's a plate of food. Thanks, man. Shut the door. Then the one time he did open the door, he had his boxers on. Way too, informa too much information. So I'm just going to hand it over the fence. Four years that would take food over to Doug. 
When we got ready to move down to North Carolina, Jenny said, I just got to find out if Doug knows the Lord or not. And sure enough, she went over. I won't, I won't belabor the point, but she made sure that Doug, and Doug said this. Doug said, I thought I knew God. I knew people who said they knew God, but I saw God in you guys. And when you start bringing that food over to me, I thought, maybe this is something else. And for four years, you brought food over to me. And yes, I've committed my life to the Lord Jesus Christ because of who I saw in you guys. Two years later, Doug died. Now, we could have just handed him a, a track and never did another thing. <laughs> we could have prayed for him from a distance because Doug was weird. Doug was a different dude. Doug, Doug and I didn't talk sports. Doug and I didn't talk at all. I took my plate of food, knocked on the door. He opened the part away, grabbed the food, took it back in, shut the door. <laughs> See you later, buddy. I mean, we never had a conversation that amounted to more than three or four words. Ugh, he would grunt. Oh, that's good. <laughs> all right. Well, good. You're not going to kill us. He was a locksmith, and he knew when we were gone. <laughs> Go figure. The reason I knew he was a locksmith is because I locked my keys in my Jeep one day. It was running, and I needed to get out. Had the phone in there. We couldn't call anybody. Hey, Doug, could you, uh, do, do, do you know if I could? Yeah, man. He, took, he pulled out all the tools. He was in my Jeep in 30 seconds. That scared me. <laughs> Petrified me. Honey, we need to start cooking him some steaks <laughs> so he doesn't break in our house and take everything that we own. I'm convinced Doug is in heaven today, and I'm convinced Doug's in heaven because... Janie cooked meals for him repeatedly over and over and over and over. We must not get tired of doing what is good. <laughs> for we will reap. In this case, we didn't reap anything, but Doug reaped eternal rewards because somebody just got in his life at the proper time. If what? We do not give up. What's verse number 10 say? Therefore, as we have opportunity. Everybody say Opportunity. Kairos, that's what it is. Therefore, as we have Kairos, we create a Kairos moment by not giving up, by not wearing out. We go from Kronos, hey, Doug could have died and went to hell as far as we know, as far as we care. We just pull in, we go to our cabin, we do our thing, we leave, we go back. But no, we take a plate of food over to him every time that we did. And for some weird reason, some supernatural phenomenon, we got to Doug's heart through his belly because we did not give up. And it, listen, it was not me. It was, it was this, this person sitting in the front row. Take, I took the plate over, and I, it was probably really good that I did, not Janie. Doug lived by himself, him and his dog. I wish I could have handed it over the fence, but I knocked on the door. I heard a grunt, something that sounded like thank you, but I'm not sure. And when, we, when he broke in our Jeep for us, I said, can I pay you? And his words were classic. No, just keep the grub coming. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> just keep the grub coming. Now, my wife is a good cook, but I've never, de I've never described his cooking, her cooking as grub. But Doug liked the grub. Therefore, as we have opportunity, Kairos, we must work for the good of all. Man, if this doesn't preach especially for those who belong to the household of faith. See, it, it, Jesus wept over a city that rejected him, that wouldn't claim him, that despised him, but he still died for that city. 
he still died. Pastor, I'm not going to hand out engagers. I'm not going to hand out books. I'm, not, I'm just saying, what if you did something? I was sharing with Marcus the other day that if a person like myself wanted to hand out 20 engagers and I just did five a week for the next four weeks, boom, my 20 are gone. Just like I have five houses for four weeks in a row, boom, and they're gone, and 200 people do that. We have 4,000 homes, and I would say in the, in the context of the matter, at least Grace Church is starting to do their part because as long as we have opportunity to move from Kronos, a Doug in somebody's life who doesn't know Jesus and maybe will never know Jesus, didn't care, just to, a, a, to make it a Kairos moment of say, hey, here's an extra plate of food, Doug. 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 For four solid years to where he received Christ. Now, nobody probably when we moved ever took Doug any food. You know why? Because people didn't like Doug. But God laid it on one person's heart to make him every time we, and it wasn't grub and it wasn't leftovers, every time Janie cooked, I took Doug a plate of food. And for the first two years, I hated every moment of it. But I knew it was the right thing to do. My blessings are destroyed in heaven on Doug because I didn't do it with a clean heart. <laughs> But Janie's got a lot of rewards up there. And, and Doug is sitting around the marriage supper of the lamb at some time. And maybe he's saving a seat for Janie. Because while there was opportunity, and I think this is what Jesus is saying today, while we have opportunity, while we have Kairos moment, why not? get up early in the morning, go knock on the neighbor's doors? Why not spend a Saturday? Why not pray for revival? Why not do whatever the Lord is laying on your heart to do? And why not give out 20 or 30 or 50 engagers or tracks, whatever you want to call them, and just say, hey, can I pray for you? Not because I want to, let's be honest, but because it's the right thing to do. Third place Jesus prayed then was in the garden. And, and we have to use a little pulpit liberty on this. I'm going to be honest with you. Being in anguish, he prayed more frequently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. Theologians will tell us it was, it was more than perspiration. It was from the eye sockets. It was from the nose. It was like a weeping where you're crying uncontrollably. You're sweating. You're, you're, there's just flu, body fluid coming from, from the head, and he sweat, or he prayed as if it were drops of blood falling to the ground. He, he's, he's, he's ready. So the first, the first chronos to Kairos moment is by exercising faith. That's what we learned about Jesus weeping. And the, the second chronos to Kairos moment is if we don't, if we just take take the opportunity that is a given to us, that is afforded us. This third chronos to Kairos moment is simply Jesus crying in the garden as if it were drops of blood, and he says this amazing thing. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will. Lord, if, this, if you can make this cup pass from me, but not my will, Lord, but your will be done. See, the third moment, the third thing that moves you from Kronos to Kairos is submission. Just simply saying, okay, God, it's not about me. If, 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 man, if the church calls a, a three-day fast, I need to fast. 
If the church calls a 21-day fast, Lord, I'm going to fast. If the, if the church calls a, a, a weekend gathering to go do something, I'm going to go do that. If the, if the Bible tells me to, to pray without ceasing, I'm going to pray without ceasing, what, whatever that means. And I don't mean to be the smartest theologian in the world. I don't know exactly what that means other than we just got to pray. We just have to read the word. We just have to study. We have to do the things that God's called us to do. We just have to submit ourselves. Janie and I were at Bellevue Christian Center, and um, she was leading on the worship team. Um, Gary Hoyt's been here to preach for us, the pastor. He's a quadriplegic now. He wasn't then. Janie was the worship leader during that time. And I was praying early morning, 6 o'clock, before I went to work. I had a sales position, and I'd go and pray. Uh, one of the reasons I prayed was because I couldn't sell a thing. I knew the only way that I could sell is if the Lord uh, anointed me to sell. So I, would, I went and prayed. I just prayed every morning at 6 o'clock. And there was a group of people that were praying, and I was praying for my, my family. None of my family had come to know Jesus at the time. And I said, Lord, whatever it takes, would you just save my mom and my dad and my brothers and sisters? And I was in the spirit praying. It was like early October, late September. I just felt like God was going to move, and it was going to be so cool. And the problem with praying prayers like that is that you can't choreograph how they get answered. And so later that uh, month, my mom went in for a knee surgery, simple knee replacement surgery, had a physical before that, and uh, was 100% healthy enough for the operation. Things went south in a hurry. The hospital just made error after error after error, just, just a ton of bad news. And I was praying uh, uh, 30 days later. She was in for 44 days. I was praying for uh, 30 or 38 days later, and I said, God, what, what, what's up? I was weeping. I was weeping, God, what are you doing? I mean, I'm praying, I'm, I'm believing you for a miracle. My mom, well, she was healthy, and now she's not, she can't get out of the ICU. Lord, what are you doing? And God said, I thought you said anything. Lord, would you do anything to get my family saved? And stop me in my tracks. And I said, wow. Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. For my family to come to know you as Lord and Savior, that's, that's what I want. Whatever it takes, Lord. We're talking about extremely religious, mainline denomination people who knew God but did not have a relationship with God. Okay? And so I said, Lord, whatever it takes, 36 hours before my mother passed away, because she ended up passing away, it wasn't a miracle of healing, but it was a miracle salvation. Janie led her to the Lord 36 hours before she passed away with tears running down her cheeks. And my oldest sister, our matriarch now of our family, said, Mom, what's wrong? Do you need me to pray the, pray the rosary? And, and my mom was shaking her head no and pointed to, to Janie. And Janie said, no, Terry, I just led her to the Lord. She prayed a prayer of faith with me. And Terry said, can I and one by one, my family started to get saved. God didn't need my permission. He needed my submission, just like he needs yours today. He doesn't need your permission. He doesn't want your permission. He just simply sometimes wants us to throw our hands up and say, okay, God, here I am. Our families are on fire for God. They're going to charismatic churches all across the Omaha area. They're holding small groups. They're leading small groups. They're having Bible studies. It's so good to see it. There's a revival taking place within the, the Dolphins and the extended Dolphin family household, and it goes all the way back to Janie leading my mom to the Lord and her passing away 36 hours later. 
Now, if I would have choreographed that prayer, I would have choreographed it all differently. Mom would have got healed and saved, and she would have thanked Mary and St. Joseph and St. Jude and everybody else. I know she would have. But it gave us a kairos moment to share the good news with everybody in my family. See, we went from Kronos to Kairos. Because of simple submission, Janie looked for the open window to share with mom, and she shared with mom, and mom received it. It was a, pastor, do those things happen? Well, when Jesus was on the cross, remember the, the thief on the right-hand side, today you'll be with me in paradise. Yes, I believe in deathbed confessions. I believe in deathbed salvations and healings and all those things. Psalms, the 30th chapter and the 5th verse says this, for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor a lifetime. Weeping may spend the night, but there is joy in the morning. King James says it like this, weeping lasts but for uh, the night, but joy, it comes in the morning. And uh, one uh, songwriter said that word morning actually can be construed and spelled M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. In other words, weeping, mourning. If you, if you weep, if you're so heavy-hearted for uh, the lost in your area, in your family, in your neighborhood, and on your job, if you're crying and weeping as I was for my mom that day back in 1999, on that early morning of September, Chris fall morning in Omaha, Nebraska, weeping for that morning, joy undoubtedly will come. And the fourth, and we don't have it up there, but you can write this down, the fourth way you can go from Kronos to Kairos is by the, the scripture says right here, and that's having joy. Yeah, there's going to be weeping. The Valley of Baca says there will be weeping. But when we walk through the Valley of Baca in Psalms, the 84th chapter, we know this, that first, that man is blessed. Why? Jesus, the scripture says, for the joy that was set before him. For the joy. Everybody say Joy. Joy, for the, just say it one more time, joy, joy, say it one more time, joy, joy, say it one more time, joy, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, why? For us, for us. And so sometimes we get caught up in the valley of Baca, the weeping, and we forget what comes after it. Let me read it one more time. They make it a source of spring water. So in other words, they're starting to get that river we were talking about in the Restored Conference, all that, that river of living water, that river of living water, that out of, that, out of your belly shall fall river of living water. We make it a weeping because we make it all about ourselves. But after that, if we start to walk from joy, chronos joy, to kairos joy, and all of a sudden now, now it becomes a spring water. The weeping, the tears, Revelation say, get stored up in vials, poured out before the master as prayer requests. So every time you weep and cry, every time you mourn, there should be a joy that comes after because there's got to be a breakthrough. Otherwise, we stay in chronos moments. We don't get the kairos part. But joy can take you from Kronos to Kairos. So they look at a spring water, even the autumn rain, it will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. Each appears before God in Zion, where that place called best. Now, my mom, she's on the other side. She's sitting at the table with Doug. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Doug. <laughs> it's amazing, right? And Jesus wept because Lazarus died. 
More so, though, because Mary and Martha didn't exercise their faith. Here's the Son of God walking on the earth. And now he doesn't have to walk on the earth because he lives inside of us. And if we would just mourn for those that we love and mourn for those that we don't even know, we can go from Kronos, a church that just goes through the motions, to Kairos, a church that says, God, you can. You can take the city. You can take my family. My family's probably 70 or so strong right now. And I, I, I can't tell you because Janie and I have known each other for 40. We just celebrated our 40th Valentine's Day. How cool is that, right? That's like, I'm only like 38. How can we celebrate 40 Valentine's? But we did. 40 Valentine's together. We, and, and I've prayed, I prayed through 20 years for my family. 20 years? My mom will be passed away 20 years this year. 20 years. I prayed for my family. Lord, I'm not going to give up. Uh, as, much as, it, as much as we can to the household of faith, to those who belong. I know my mom and dad belong in the household of faith. God, I know it. Would you? And I would cry and I would weep. And Janie would cry and she would weep. And then a Kairos moment kicks in. And you can't predict a Kairos moment. It's like a Nebraska football win. You cannot predict that. You just got to wait for it to happen. It will. You just got to wait for it. Kairos moments. I'm asking you to stand where you're at. And bow your heads, lift your hands, do whatever you want. But I want you to, I want you to ask the Lord, this is just between you and God, is there... Have you been walking in Kronos? And does God want to open a Kairos moment? Remember, that's the defini definition of a divine shift right there. You're looking at a divine shift. You want God to move? You got to move from Kronos to Kairos. You have to move out of a Kronos season. You have to move out of the mundane. This is, every day is the same. That doesn't mean you don't get up and go to work tomorrow or, or don't you know, go home with your wife or spouse tonight. No, I'm saying in the Kairos moment, you're saying, okay, God, I need you to intervene. It could be a supernatural blessing. It could be supernatural recovery. It could be supernatural uh, uh, movement. Whatever it is, if you need one, I just want you to place it before the Lord tonight as I pray, and then I'll close. Father, Lord, I hope I taught this the way you gave it to me. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, right now for those chronos moments, Lord, as, as good as they are, they've become weeping moments. And as the weeping moments are, Lord, I pray that there's a kairos moment that comes out of it. Right here and right now, a Kairos moment that comes forth, Lord, where uh, the Dugs in people's lives, Lord, the, the moms in people's lives, Lord, the, the children in people's lives, Lord, they all of a sudden get it because a parent, a, a brother, a sister, a son, a daughter, a friend, a neighbor, a, a co-worker, a, a community person said, I'm going to pray that the heavens open over this friend, over this neighbor, over this loved one, over this community, and Lord, a Kairos moment takes place. A Kairos moment takes place, Father Lord, because we're, we're, we do not want you to weep over Hickory, North Carolina, and the surrounding areas. We, Lord, we do not want you to weep. We want the heavens to shout for joy. Lord, that Grace Church, along with Hickory, is doing the best as it can. Father, help us, I pray. Now, Lord, I pray blessings upon each person. Lord, let them never forget, 
Lord, that they can cause Kairos moments in their life, Lord, by faith, Lord, by uh, submission, Lord, by, by looking for opportunities, and Lord, if just simply put, walking in joy of the Lord, because the joy of the Lord is our strength, a Kairos moment, strength to strength. Now, bless each person, give them a great rest of the week, bring them back on Sunday, Lord, and be with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great rest of the week.